Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, October 17th, 2022. Well, normally starting your week on a low note is not exactly what you want. We want to start our week on a high note. We want to start our week with something good and and then hope hope that something even better follows it up. What in the world am I talking about with our title today of starting your week on a low note? Well, let's find out and we'll see it in both our Old and New Testament passages today. Let's start in the Old in Isaiah where we're reading chapters 57 through 60. And as we look at these chapters, we see much more of, of a similar flavor that we have seen throughout the book of judgment that is coming. You see um, really God calling the people out for their sin in the beginning of chapter 57 and just their transgression, their deceit, their lust, all of these different things. But look at what he gets to as we get to verse 14 of chapter 57. It says, and it shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry for the spirit would grow faint before me and the breath of life that I made. So there God reminds us of who he is, that he dwells in a high and holy place. I love even how it sets it up. It describes God as the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity whose name is holy. Oh, wow. Uh, that, that is such a lofty description of God, but it says he dwells with the one that is contrite and lowly in spirit. So that's why I'm encouraging you to start this week on a low note. Start this week remembering who God is and who you are. Those are a couple of things that we really need to see if we want to have that contrite and lowly attitude. We, we need an appreciation for who God is, that he inhabits eternity, uh, that his name is holy, set apart, special. This is the God that we worship. And even earlier in this book, remember the scene of Isaiah, the prophet, getting the vision of the Lord and the angels flying around singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, right? And he is glorious and the temple shakes and the house is filled with smoke and the train of his robe fills the temple. Uh, well, what an amazing picture of who God is. But also the, the other thing that, that comes with that is we have a right view of who God is and we have a right view of who we are, which we can't get without some level of appreciation for the seriousness of our sin. And again, go back to Isaiah chapter six. That's what uh, the, the prophet senses. He, he sees that vision of God and he says, woe is me. I am finished. I am undone because I am a sinner. Basically, I, I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. 
And that's what we want to see here. That's that's the kind of person that God is looking for, the one that is lowly and contrite, that, that has an appreciation for our sin. And we see what God is not looking for. Chapter 58, it talks about um, people who are fasting and saying, hey, God, why are you not listening? And he's saying, well, you can't fast while you are trampling on the poor and being unjust and, and just doing all kinds of wickedness. So you, you, you need to have real fasting. You need to show real sorrow. You need to repent. And then in chapter 59, we see more of the seriousness of sin. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. And so this Monday, remind yourself of just the consequences of your sin, that your sin separated you from God, that your sin is worthy of condemnation before a holy and just and upright God. Remind yourself of that as we start this week. And then even let that fill your heart with appreciation as you get to chapter 60, Speaking of the light of the Lord shining in this future glory of Israel, as you think towards the the future and Christ's kingdom and all that you will get to partake in, remember, I don't deserve any of this. It's all because of Jesus. And that's what we'll see now as we get to our New Testament book today, as we start the book of 1 Timothy. Now, 1 Timothy is one of what we refer to as the pastoral epistles. And you'll notice this letter is not written to a church like all uh, of these letters we've been looking at mostly so far. Uh, This is written to a person, Timothy. And what we uh, see here in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and Titus is Paul writing to men who are pastors. That's why they're called the pastoral epistles. So these are personal letters to people, to individuals that are pastoring churches. And I think these these books are especially helpful for us because they give us a sense of, hey, well, what should church look like going forward, you know, without uh, the apostles, without Jesus uh, on the earth and with the apostles uh, dying out? You know, what is church meant to look like on an ongoing basis? These books give us a good glimpse. But this first chapter today is largely autobiographical here. And Paul tells us a lot about himself. And let's get into that looking at Starting in verse 12, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So there you you get a sense. Paul, he shows us that high view of God, even in how he ends, immortal, invisible, the only God. But he also knows my, my sin was serious, but God overlooked it. And I also love how he talks about that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. He doesn't even say there because I was the foremost. No, I am 
the foremost. We see in Paul that mindset that we are to have a high view of God and we are to take our own sin seriously. And so what is the point of that? Just to knock you down on a Monday? Hey, just remember how horrible you are this Monday. No, it's because through humility and through really starting our week on a low note, we might in a better way see the grace and mercy of Christ. That we might be able to say with Paul, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. Or it's been said throughout history, I am a great sinner, but I have a great savior. Because that's where when we go low like that, God will raise us up and help us to rejoice with the truth of the beauty of the gospel in Jesus Christ. Now, there's some other things in 1 Timothy we should note note at the beginning, uh, his emphasis on doctrine. And that's why we want to emphasize doctrine in a right way in church, because God cares about the truth of what is taught. Is the teaching at uh, these churches accurate? Is it faithful? Or we see another pitfall. We can devote ourselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than stewardship from God. There's so many things in the world that we simply cannot know everything about. And we can go off on rabbit trails on some of these things that at the end of the day, we have to say, I can't know this. This is at best speculation, but God has given us stewardship of something crystal clear in his word. But we also see it's not just about having right doctrine at church, although that is important. It's certainly not less than that. But we see in verse five, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. All right, that even if we have good doctrine, but we don't have love, I would say, is our doctrine even really that that good? So we want good doctrine and we want love and pure hearts and good consciences. That's what Paul is starting off with in his exhortation to Timothy about what the church should look like. But then again, he gets to his own story and that's where we want to come back to and end on today. For all of us, let's start our week on a low note by remembering who God is, by remembering who we are and our sin so that we can then sing the high note, the beautiful note of the good news of Jesus Christ, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners just like you and just like me. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.